really, because I know that you'll be editing this and you'll just put in my best sound bites. I, yes. Okay. Can you, are you, usually, usually there's a mic. You kind of have to project a little bit because my computer mic is good, but it's not that good. Okay. Okay. You don't have to yell. Hello, right. listeners. You wanna, do you wanna be me? I usually introduce. Nope. nope. Go ahead. Okay. You guys, it's me, Charlotte. This is Recast the Podcast, where every week I choose a movie for me and my colleague, rotating colleague, to recast based on our delights and desire, desires. Today, I'm joined by none other than my mother. I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, by the time you hear this, I will no longer be. But I'm in Madison, Wisconsin, my hometown. Rachel did not come with me. Um, my good friend Julia is with me, but she is <laughs> abstaining from being on the podcast. Because like, I've invited my mom, and she takes up the whole sound booth, which is my living room. Big personality in a tiny, tiny little Asian lady. <laughs> no. <laughs> Introduce yourself. I'm Charlotte's mom, Nin. Wow. Nin. You're going to use your name? People can Google <gasps> you now. Oh, edit that out. Mom. <laughs> capital M. Oh, capital M. Which is also my initial. M dot M. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, and usually this, as you know, listeners, this would be Rachel, who would pick it backstage and we would uh, recast that too. Um, but we're going to we're gonna deviate a little bit from that today. I have, in a huge departure from the usual structure of this show, already told my mom what the movie is because she's a... a worry wart and thought she wouldn't be able to come up with anybody. I'm a planner. I like to do my research and I don't know that many. Well, I can't think of actors and actresses off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Like I may know them from a movie or something, but since we can't Google, well, you might know if I were to say, oh, that lady from, I don't know, Easy A or something, you might know. Emma Stone, Amanda Bynes, either one. That's a different show. That's another trivia movie trivia show well but. that's kind of i think that's what's going to be fun about this is because i know you can't kick the table i yell at rachel about this okay. all the time but here's another problem is that charlotte told me the movie she doesn't even know the right movie. so here's so. but here's why it's going to be fun because we're not going to do any backstage stuff right well we'll get to that in a second first are you eating anything on this podcast no i'm just drinking water from a bottle mora just so you know hydrating i'm drinking Kirkland a coffee special from costco <laughs> we're not sponsored by costco but we we could be okay cool so mom the rules are you you can't google you have me at your disposal and i'm like got that freaky memory thing that's why that's fine that's fine because i've already googled okay cool well first of all actually this is something more oh the clock hold for clock somewhere okay well why is charlotte in madison wisconsin in the first place tell us she is here because of the Beloit International Film Festival, Biff. Yes. Rach, that's from Back to the Future. You don't know that because you're not watching it, but you should. In any case, B-I-F-F, <laughs> Beloit International Film Festival. True. My daughter's first feature film, first of our friends to get married, mm-hmm. was in the Beloit International Film Festival. And that's why she and Julia Kennelly, oh, mm-hmm. can I say her name? Oops. Yeah, Sorry, you, Julia. Not everyone's you. Oh, okay. Although, Julia, fun her... side note, Julia Kennelly at this film festival was known as Julia Kennedy the whole Kennedy. time because they misprinted her name on her pass. Well, yeah, she could pass as a Kennedy. Yeah, for sure. But in any case, back to what I was saying. So the two of them being business partners on this film mm-hmm. uh, were at the film festival. Yes, we were. So just a little plug for the film. and um, <laughs> Mom, you're really good at this. Yeah. You've got a really pleasant voice to listen to. Oh, my God. You know who's freaking out right now listening to this? Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Don't know. You just saw a picture of me, though. (laughs) I think we can be BFF. Get it? Huh? B-I-F-F. B-F-F. Never. We were talking about BF. Yeah. Never talking about BF. I have to give you a production note, which is stop hitting the couch. I know. Rachel gets annoyed with me, too, but I can't not think about it. Okay. Moving on. Um, Politics. Anything you want to add to the to the fray? This is something Rachel and I talk about a lot. Okay, well, I have been weaning myself off since the election off of MSNBC. Why? Um, oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, personally, I think MSNBC really caused a lot of stress for me right around the election because they led me to believe that the right person was going to win. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I felt that they really betrayed me. I know they didn't. I mean, well, no, I nothing to right. do with the results of the election, but that's not, up to no, the but that's not totally true. I agree with your first your first inclination, which is that it's not just the left, it's not just the right. It's both of them. It's all of the like major news outlets feed you with like all this non-nutritious stuff that's just basically spitting out what they think and what you already think so that you're not up to date on what the actual state of the of affairs is. Right. And it just it lull you into this false sense of right. confidence yeah, that your right guy is going to win. Because they, they will blow up every small bit of information and they will spin it to mm-hmm. make you feel like, oh yeah, we're going heading in the right direction. For example, I'll give you a little example. You can edit this out. But I remember two weeks before the election, they yeah. were saying how Florida, the state of Florida, is something like 73% of early voters have voted for Obama, or not Obama, Hillary. I wish. So of course, so of course, you know, you're, and then of course they, they try to compare it to historical data back in the days when whoever was running the past and this is the indicative of oh yes it's going to go blue it's going to go blue so every small little grain of yeah. possibility you know to swing towards our side and do you find start. that a lot of that was basically just superstition of like well in 1963 the rain fell on this day and then RFA right. was blah 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 right. and, like, and then that means that this will go blue even though everyone will think it's red and blah that's just right no one was actually reading the true pulse of what was happening, especially in the middle, the heart of the nation, which is... But honestly, this election, who's to say that it wasn't tamper with, tamper with, who's to say, who knows, who knows? All I can say is, I have been so disgusted ever since election day. So where do you get your news now? Well, I still get news, you know, news feed from my, my, my phone. Uh, I read the newspaper. I hear it from dad because dad has... For a while, he's kind of coming back onto MSNBC and watching that. And maybe we should... Actually, you know what? My, my favorite news channel now to watch is PBS. I like their news because it's very... I think it's very even keel. They don't have a lot of... Well, enjoy it while it lasts. We're about to have... They're funded by the uh, National Endowment yes, for the Arts. Exactly. Bye-bye. That might be cut, too. That's all I have to say about that. I want to ask you a question selfishly because I want to know. Um, do you have any particular feelings about all of this hullabaloo around immigration, being an immigrant yourself? Well, first of all, let's, let's redefine. I'm not an immigrant. <laughs> Just to be clear, I'm not an immigrant. An immigrant You're is somebody an immigrant. who, I'm a refugee. Okay, There's a huge gotcha. difference. Okay, no, that's an immigrant, <laughs> I find it to be somebody who's, Okay, we're choosing to leave our country. Oh, choice. Gotcha, yeah. For, uh, because we think there's a better life across the ocean. You know, people who came to Ellis Island are immigrants. I knew there choice. must have been an inherited reason why I always play Somewhere Beyond the Sea on this show. As my, like, hold music. And it's because... Oh, I see. Okay. Maybe I was it. beyond the sea for okay. you. Okay, so just uh, to be clear, I am not an immigrant. I am a refugee. Okay, but okay. does that... Which, which you can edit all of this out if you want. Um, no, if I edited out everything you've already suggested I edit out, this would be a so commercial. So here's the question. Here's the question. The Syrian people who are trying to come onto U.S. soil, mm-hmm. they are refugee because it's a war-torn country right now, and they're trying to seek asylum, as we were from the Vietnam War. We were refugees. Now, the question is, is there a difference between... Well, certainly, there's a difference between refugees and immigrants. I say that because immigrants select, choose, voluntarily, well, not voluntarily, well, voluntarily, they want to escape their country to come to another country. But they're not necessarily in peril of losing their life. Okay, but that's that's the moral question, is that what, okay, so for us, it was a war. But let's talk about the Mexican, what we call illegal immigrants. Are they immigrants? Maybe there should be a really a better definition of what we would call an immigrant. People who are leaving Germany, for example, because they think that they can have better job opportunities or education or whatever, or you know, they're leaving I don't know, a country that's not in not that's not in war right now mm-hmm. can be considered immigrants, right? Mm-hmm. Mexico, is there a war right now? I'm not even sure. Well, there's always... The face of war, I think, has also changed a little bit. Like, we have outright wars going on in the Middle East, which we're all very familiar with, like, that imagery of bombs and soldiers and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I think in Central and South America, there's a lot of drug war going on. Exactly. Which is much 
it's okay. equally violent, okay. but not but as Okay, but here's bombastic. my point, is that should we treat them equally as a refugee? Because they are seeking asylum. You know what, I'm on a tangent. No, I'm no, from, that's great. I started I, out saying that I was definitely a refugee, a non-immigrant. Mm-hmm. I am saying that people from Mexico, we consider them to be immigrant, but that does not lessen the peril that they're in. Not to mention, I think what you're making your way to saying is that they're not really immigrants, they're refugees. They're trying to get out of I guess that's what I'm saying. We call them immigrants, but the reality, because there's not a war. That's how I define it in my head, right? If there's a war, there's there's conflict. And I think you support my point now is that if there is conflict because of a corrupt political system due to whatever, drugs, blah, 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 you know, human trafficking, blah, 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 they are trying to escape, seek asylum Mm -hmm. from, from a a horrible life. Mm-hmm. So in any case, that's my little rant. So I think that we should treat clearly. I feel that we, the U.S., needs to take in the Syrian refugees. And I think that as we should allow Mexicans mm-hmm. who want to escape, especially the ones who are already in the country, we have to allow them a way to get their citizenship. They've yeah. already contributed to our society. In <laughs> that's so, many so true. Ways. I, that's so obvious, but I've never the already the word already is poignant there because it's like you they already came here, did all this work, and what are we gonna say? Like get out. They're <laughs> they're already proven themselves that they want to add to our society, right. and they're clearly, you know, one can say they're clearly already taking jobs that that's there. Mm-hmm. Now I. I am not, I can be very sympathetic and I'm trying to be more open-minded that some people, if they have any connection personally themselves or they have family or friends who have been, for example, who have lost jobs to an immigrant or who have been a victim of some violence that's at the hand of an illegal immigrant, they may feel very strongly that these people need to get out of the country. But you know what? The reality it's is such unfair bias, though, because it's so that's so one on one. It's not well, it doesn't it is. speak it is. to a whole swath of people. True, it is. But I don't know everyone's circumstance, you're right. you're and right. I, I need to I need to be more open minded. That if you have been affected personally, one on one, you can't see it compassionately. Exactly, exactly. However, as a blanket statement, I think that we need to be more, we need to accept their presence. And I don't think that just kicking them out or deporting them uh, is the way to go because there's, there's ripples effects, right? There's, there's the, the kids who were born here. What are you going to do with those children who are now citizens mm-hmm. um are you going to kick their parents out what kind of and are, legally citizens too like legal citizens that just kills me that, that these parents come over they have their kids in america and that's the rule if you're born on american soil you can claim your american citizenship you can't revoke that that's not that kid's fault so my point my point is we we have to have we have to have a better way than just removing them completely and again i mean think about it the task would be enormous and impossible and we can't even figure the out. infrastructure is not there. The infrastructure is not there, and we actually, I feel, have bigger fish to fry. Like, I don't know, figure out our political election system first. <laughs> Let's important. just torch this planet and move to that solar system we just found, where there's apparently water on the planets. Yeah, we'll just bring all the good ones with us. Steve Carell, Barack Obama. End of list. End of list for me. You can go too. Oh, it's really too bad you're a naturalized citizen and not an American citizen. I'd vote for you. Well, I think that needs to also change. And I've talked about this, but again, that's another episode altogether. Can you give I us tr- a 10-second version? 10-second version is that I think that if you have proven yourself living in this country longer than you haven't lived in the country and you've proven yourself hmm. to be a loyal citizen, you should be able to run for the presidency if you choose. Dang. I didn't know that you thought that. Yep, I do. Is that because you seek power? No, I personally don't, but I certainly can see that somebody who was born in another country but lived the majority of their lives, I mean, I'm sure if I did the research, I'm sure that there's a lot of congressmen and women who are much more qualified than our current president, but because they were not born in this country. Wait, you can be a congressperson and not be an American? I believe so. Naturally born? Oh, interesting. I believe so. That brings us to, help me, help me, help me. The Dreamcast. The Dreamcast. That was great. You knew. 
Um, okay, so usually I introduce the movie and I give some background on it, then I recap it. But I have specifically chosen this movie for this episode for you because I don't really know this movie. I super don't like it. Wait, how do you not like something that you've never seen? You know when a whole cake is put in front of you and you take one bite and you're like, no, this is bad. That's like me in this movie. And the movie is. Why? Why, though? Hold on. Okay, they don't even okay. know what it is. They okay. don't even know what it Let's is. Let's tell our audience. Do you want to tell? Do, do you want to say it with me on the count of three? I can hum the music while you say it. Okay, do it. Go. La, 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 la. Gone with the wind. Is <laughs> that good? That was great. Was it? That was fun. You know it sounded what? funny in my head, but in any case, well, Gone <laughs> with the wind. All right, recap it for me. One of my favorites. Well, first of all, i got to say, okay. I will recap it, but let me tell you that it is such a controversial movie in this household. Because it sucks. No, you've never seen it, so you have. You should not have any opinion. I've seen it. I've sat no. down. No, because you made me watch it with you. The entire thing or just yes. pieces of it? Oh, it's then so how, long. Then how can you say that you don't know the story? Okay, Because whatever. it's uninteresting. It doesn't stick. That is so untrue. <laughs> Here's the thing. So... In, I can't remember what year. I will say in 1989, um, in Seattle, Washington, where I went to school, University of Washington, go Huskies, I um, I brought okay? my then boyfriend, now husband, to the big screen showing of oh my Gone God. with the Wind. It is a wonder he stayed with you. Thank oh my gosh, you, I Dad. was so excited because it's one of my favorite movies. And of course, watching it on television growing up, it wasn't the same because there's always commercial breaks. Blah, blah, blah. And it was always over two days, two nights, if you can believe it. They would take this three-hour movie, they would stretch it over two nights. So you have to watch it in two parts, which sucks. You had to clear your entire social calendar for that show. So here's the thing. So it was such a thrill when this movie theater on State Street, which is like the university, you know, there's every university has that one street. Well, this street had this theater that every single night they would show a different film. Mm-hmm. And some classic, some foreign, blah, blah, blah. So this one particular that Gone with the Wind was being shown. And I'm like so excited because I wanted to take my boyfriend, now husband, my dad. to go and see it. Who had never seen it before. Oh, my gosh. So in any case, <laughs> I'm thinking three solid hours, no commercial break except for the intermission break. How, how quaint is that? Back in the days, they actually had intermission breaks quaint. because it was such a long movie. Quaint as book. Quaint. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. So we go to this movie, and I had like talked it up. It's like, oh, it's kind of a love story. But knowing oh that my, my husband God. loves history, I said, the backdrop is the Civil War. So, of course, you know, he's all excited. Oh, it's a war movie. And I'm you thinking, oh. are what's wrong with movie advertisement. Okay. Stop. So I'm, I'm selling it as like, oh, it's a love story between Rhett Butler and Scarlett O'Hara. And so he goes to this movie. We watch the movie, and he absolutely hated it. Duh, you sold it to him as a war movie and it's about a privileged dummy. Okay, it's not about that. It's <laughs> about, it, it is a love story, but what he would describe it, he would describe it as like, it's not a love story, it's a hate story. These people don't like each other. They don't. They do. At the, at the, <laughs> at the end of the day, they do get together. No, sorta. at the end of the day, Lizzie Bennett and Mr. Darcy like each other, but they pretend not to for no, something. No, these guys never like each other. They do like each other. It was just a matter Prove of it. Rhett definitely liked her. It just took her time to get to appreciating. Okay, I see why you like the this, love because of this, this mirrors your own love affair with Dad. Okay. <laughs> okay, let me just recap the story now. I cannot believe anybody right. out there, the listening audience, who doesn't know this story. But the long and short of this story is that you have Rhett Butler, the protagonist. Played by? Played by Rhett. Played by, by Rhett Butler Clark, himself. Clark Gable. <laughs> um, and Scarlett O'Hara, who play, was played by Vivian Lee. And she actually won the Oscar for her performance in Gone yeah, with the Wind. She's she crazy. So the story is Clark Gable is chasing Vivian Lee throughout the movie, but in his kind of rogue kind of, uh, I don't know, he's, he's kind of a, a rogue black sheep kind of guy who comes from Charleston. She lives in, in the South. I mean, it's not clear, but she lives in Georgia, but she lives on Tara. She's a, yeah, she's a, yeah, she's a Southern belle, lives on this 
cotton plantation named Tara, which is Tara. So the story opens more or less the eve of the Civil War. <laughs> that just makes you think the of Christmas Christmas Eve, like all little Confederate soldiers tucked in their beds, like, woo, we're going to war tomorrow. She she is in, she's in love with this man, Ashley Wilkes. Even oh, the Civil War, she man. tells him she loves him. <laughs> Ashley Wilkes Booth. <laughs> Ashley Wilkes. And Ashley rebuffs her, even though you can kind of tell that he is just smitten with her because she's just this young, vivacious. What's he like? He's kind of, a, I think he's kind of like a yeah, wimpy. Doofer. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have a backbone. He just kind of mm-hmm. like blows with the wind. He's rich? He's rich. All these people are yes, rich. Yes, if you're so, okay. Ashley okay, not so, so Ashley Wilkes live at another plantation, 12 Oaks. Scarlett O'Hara tells Ashley that she's in love with him. And Ashley rebuffs her, even though you can, as I said, you can tell that he likes her what secretly. What the heck is the motivation for that? She's not rich enough. No, no, it's not that. He is going to be, he is either betrothed or he's marrying um, his cousin, sure, um, Melanie. Yep, yeah, you're in the South. Um, Melanie. Melania. Call it what it is. No, no, Melanie. <laughs> Melanie is a very, okay, so Melanie's character is played by, I can't remember the actress's name, but she, Melanie is her, his first cousin. They're, they're to get married. And she is the sweetest. And when I when I start recasting this, if you don't know the story, she's the sweetest kindness. Think optimistic. Everybody is. Oh my god! I already know who you're gonna cast this person. So what happens the next day at a party at the I think at the Wilkes house, Twelve Oaks. There's this uh, big announcement at during this party that oh the Civil War is gonna happen today. So <laughs> today's the day. Today's the day. So Everybody all these men, all these young men are like, woohoo, whooping it up. I'm gonna go and and join the war effort. And the Confederate war effort. The Confederate exactly. They're in the South. They're plantation owner. They're on the Confederate side. So of course, you know, Ashley being one of them. So Scarlett is now upset. And it just so happens that Melanie's hus or Melanie's younger brother, can't remember his name, asks Scarlett to marry him before he takes off to war. So of course, she being like the hot-headed, you know, I've just been rebuffed by Melanie's fiance. I'm going to marry her brother. So she marries, she marries Melanie's brother. They go off to war. Well, what happens? He dies. He dies. Her yeah. husband, Scarlett O'Hara's husband, who <laughs> I don't think she's even spent the night with yet, dies at war. So now she's like this young widow, right? So moving forward, is this still pre-intermission? <laughs> it's all pre-intermission. So the war is happening. So she's upset. She, you know, her, well, she's supposedly in mourning for her husband. Her parents go. She would be if she had more than two feelings, which exactly. were greed and more greed. Well, there's no greed. I think that she didn't have to be greedy. She was just naturally wealthy. Just oh, that must be nice. So in any case, so her parents send her to Melanie's home because thinking, oh, why don't you cheer up and go and hang out with Melanie? Some girl time. Some girl time. But, of course, secretly, Scarlett is going to Melanie's because she wants to wait for Ashley, Ashley. to come home, right? Because oh, Melanie and Ashley are now married as well. Everything happens very quickly. You know, the war happens, and so all these young couples are decide to get married. And then post-intermission, there's this young up-and-comer named Barack Obama all of a sudden. He's, okay, we're in the south side of Chicago, and everything's Stop. better. Do you want me to continue with the story? Long and short, you know, I'm going on and on and on about this. But basically, Scarlett O'Hara waits for Ashley. Ashley rebuffers not just once, but twice. And so... Get the hint, Scarlett. Civil War is happening around them. Atlanta is burning. So they move. (laughs) She goes back home. (laughs) Atlanta is burning. She goes back home to Tara during the war with the help of Rhett Butler to find that her mother has passed away, her two younger sister, and her father is still alive, but her father is kind of losing his faculties, right? Wait, hold up. Where? Rhett Butler just entered the narrative? No, Rhett Butler actually was in the very beginning. He overheard, well, you know, now I'm going too long and too here, but Rhett Butler actually overheard Scarlett O'Hara confess her love for Ashley, and mm-hmm. Ashley rebuffs her. So he has this little secret, and I think that kind of really kind of pissed off Scarlett that some a man had something over her, you know. But then he also secretly likes yeah, her, yeah, and chases yeah. her. 
Right, but in the end, they really like each other, even though it all starts out from this effed up place of him having control over her emotions. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to stop right here because I can't, like, give you the whole Wikipedia Okay, get me to post-intermission. What's hap- what, how does it end? What happens in the middle? Well, post-intermission, <laughs> I mean, post-intermission, Scarlett O'Hara and Rhett Butler. Get together. Get together. Yeah, have baby. a child. Blue Ivy. Bonnie Blue Butler. Jesus Christ. Then he leaves. He she marries again, by the way. Scarlett O'Hara marries a second time, this time to her younger sister's fiance, because she was trying to get some money to pay off the tax people for Tara. She decided to marry this guy who she doesn't really love, but he's a mill owner. He's a rich mill owner. He just happens to be her younger sister's fiance. His name is Mr. Pepperidge Farm. No, his name is Frank Kennedy, I think. But in any case, so she marries him. Kennedy. No, it's Kennedy. <laughs> she marries him, and then oh, and then he dies. He gets killed. Ah, at some. What's that? Oh my death. god, Dad, you scared me. So Frank Kennedy dies, and then after Frank Kennedy is when she finally decides. Hold on, okay, pause, I'll marry. pause. Dad, come here for one sec. Can you give us a ten-second synopsis of Gone with the Wind? Oh, hey, everybody. This is my dad. His name's John. Say hi. Hi, everybody. Here's what happened in Gone with the Wind. This is a cynical. Yeah, there's a spoiled little rich girl who is, you know, involved in a global conflict. And uh, the global conflict has to do with equality and uh, servitude that's involuntary. And she's worried about her dresses and the drapes around the house and whether or not she'll be able to, whether or not uh, she can finagle a couple of different boyfriends and play them off of each other. That's what it's about. So it's boring. And uh, how was this movie pitched to you? It was pitched to me as a Civil War drama, so I'm his, I like history, so I thought, oh, this will be great. I'll learn some things about the war that I didn't expect, and it was a soap opera with the war in the background. <laughs> so it was just the worst story I've ever seen about anything interesting. Okay, so why did you decide to keep dating this punk-ass little woman who brought you to this movie and totally lied to you about it? Well, I love her, <laughs> and so there's so many positive things about her that to, to take this one little drop out of the comprehensive ocean of her excellence and use it as evidence against pursuing her would have been foolish and I'm not a fool and that's how I know that this movie was about about the worst movie probably ever made <laughs> all right thank you yeah right, thank you nice. thank you mom was just in the middle of telling us about act two so I liked your synopsis better there were different acts yeah there's an intermission was oh that's intermission. right that was the old that was the best part of the movie all right moving on let's let's recast these people wait what's the most famous line if you're not gonna tell me how it ends which is the most famous line... No, 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 wait. How does it end? It ends with Rhett Butler finally comes to his own senses and say, I'm not going to deal with this That's cray right. cray. I really like each other. So I'm going to leave. So the what end of the he movie, say? he walks out the door and said, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Which? Which is which was very controversial mm-hmm. at the time. Swear because words. It was the first swear word, I think... In the history of movies. Maybe. I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, Planned but, Parenthood freaked out because they were like, what? Red Butler said a swear word. We get 50 cents. But here's the thing. Actually, I take that back. That's that's not the ending of the movie. The ending of the movie is Scarlet then falling down on her sweeping staircase saying something to the fact, I'm paraphrasing, is that I have to get him back. I have to get him back. But I can't think about it now. I'll think about it tomorrow because tomorrow is another day. So there you go. That's how it ends. So you know that at the end of the day, at the end of not that day, literally, but at the mm-hmm. end, she like, will eventually get him back. Do you know that? You kind of do or because of her person. Crazy town. No, no, because I think that of the whole three hours is a character study of this woman who is determined to get what she wants. I mean, she's proven that again and again and again. I mean, the big part of the story, which I did not tell you, but if you've seen the movie, you know, is that she came back to Tara and she was determined to get that plantation up and running again. Not a working plantation, but she wanted to to save Tara. Okay, so we got a little cold mountain. We got a little bit of a docudrama going on. We got a little bit of Molly Ringwald's Working Girl, sounds like. And, Molly Ringwald, what are you talking about? Who's in Working Girl? Uh, Melanie... Griffith. What? Who is Dakota Johnson's mother. Yes. Dakota Johnson from what franchise? Uh, Gray? Something uh, 50 Shades of Gray? 50 or 40? 50. 50. (laughs) 50 Shades of Gray. 
Yeah. Ten tasteful shades of gray. Franchise, I don't know. There's two <laughs> movies. Can you really call it a franchise? Well, Whatever. Because there are several books. Okay, moving on. All right, so let's these are the characters. Yes. These You're are the characters to. I want to recast. Of course, you have Brett Butler, played oh, by Clark Gable. What a jerk. We love him. Um, and you will like my idea of the recast, I think. I think. Okay, and then, of course, Scarlett O'Hara. Melanie. Melanie. Ashley. Ashley, of course. So I think those are the top four. And I Great, think that if good. we have time, I think, I, I didn't mention this, but there's a madam in this in this movie. So if you watch it, if you are... <laughs> a madam you, like a fortune teller? No, madam meaning a courtesan. But, I mean, they're in the South, like a prostitute. I think that she's, it's, she's a character that kind of sticks in my mind. That's like, oh, that's an interesting character. She has, you know... A, cameo appearance but she's she interesting to you she's interesting because you do get a sense and if you read the book then you i'm kinda, sorry what this is based on margaret mitchell's book by the way so i mean for them to condense this epic story into a three-hour movie they had to leave out a lot of details but if you are a gone with the wind fan and you've read the book and it's hinted in the movie is that bell is a bell is the madam bell is the madam mm-hmm. prostitute that is who is friend with Rhett Butler. And you get you get a sense that possibly the son that she has could be his illegitimate child, but you don't know that for certain. So fun bonus nugget. Fun bonus nugget would be that. Okay, cool. I want to get, because I know you really well, and I know your limited pool of knowledge about actors, and I know how you feel about every single one of them. Can I guess who you want to cast as Melanie? Yeah, go ahead. Do you want to cast Amanda Seyfried? No, no. Dang it, I was no. so sure. No. You love her. No. Okay, so where do you want to start? Do you want to start at the top? I think we should start at the top. Okay. Okay, Rhett Butler. Again, he's kind of like this rogue, this black not, sheep. This is a mid-show now. I'm just along oh. for the ride. Well, you don't even know. Well, you claim you don't know the story, but you know kind of like the character. I'm just going to proofread your cast here. Okay, my first thought when you told me mm-hmm. we're doing all with the winds, my first thought is a Chris Noth. Oh my god. Big from Sex in the City. Right, because he has that kind of like Oh, he's perfect for that. Right? Ew. Is he <laughs> right? I mean how Well, because but I want to cast him from the beginning of Sex in the City. When he's right, right, right. Not young. not an old no, no, no. We're talking about, yes, first season, Sex oh. in the City, Chris No. Or even Law and Order Chris No. Yes. I will say this though. I agree with that casting, but I don't want anyone to get the impression that I think Chris Noth is the is the new Clark Gable. He is not. No, but, but he's a but, good Red But the Butler. character that he is to play, Rhett Butler, I think Chris Noth puts out that air of arrogance and cockiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet, you can, you're not even sure if Rhett Butler, I will give, I will say this, you're not sure if Rhett Butler really wants Scarlett because he really truly loves her or because she's such, uh, it's a competition. Okay, so I'm going to rewind one second. So, but I don't think they really do like each other. To which you responded, no, they do. They really like each other. I think it's a love-hate relationship. I think it's, you know, there are relationships that just has that edge to it. Mm -hmm. That there's just so much passion one way or the other that it works. And I think that definitely Rhett and Scarlett's relationship is just very tumultuous. Sure. But All right. Okay. I do love the Chris Noth choice. Okay. That's so great. the Chris Noth. I mean, secondary, if you were going to like veto my Chris Noth, that somebody oh, similar to that uh-huh. would have been like uh, Gerard Butler, just because of the way he looks. Gerard Butler. But I think he's such a nice guy from other movies that he's played. He's, he's such really a nice guy. Or, or another guy who looks like Gerard Butler, strangely, is the guy, I don't know his name, but he's currently in The Walking Dead. Keenan, if you watch that show. Just I like don't that. watch okay. that show. Okay, let's just stick with Chris Okay, Nuff. Chris Nuff. And great, I love that. Okay. Let's talk about Scarlett O'Hara. Now, Scarlett O'Hara, I had gone through a couple of choices. I really tossed and turned all night with this one. <laughs> yeah, and turned. This is why I didn't want to tell you in advance that you'd lose sleep. But if you think about who... Side story. My mom loses sleep about really dumb stuff. Like, once she lost sleep about... Truly didn't sleep the night before she had to travel to see me in New York via plane, because we live in Wisconsin. She lost sleep worrying about if she'd be able to take her shoes off fast enough at airport security. Because they were these, like... Not denying this. Combat, <laughs> like, boots with a lot of laces. No zipper, because I think if you're going to wear boots with, with laces, then skip the zipper. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, it's either boots with zipper or boots with laces. That's just one of my pet peeves, which, by the way, <laughs> I have many fashion pet peeves. No! <laughs> 
And thank you, Charlotte, for. I'm just gonna revisit this. People watching, but a lot of sports this, fans. One of my biggest pet peeves. Charlotte's already mentioned it in previous shows. Are uncut vents. I cannot tell you how uncut vents drive me just crazy. You know, Ladies and gentlemen, we have uncut vet PSA lady herself on the show. Oh my goodness. Day. Ladies and gents, when you buy <laughs> a new jacket, and ladies, when you buy a new skirt with a vent in the back, and you see that ugly X, you know, it the is that because it's like a really ugly appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dress. There's no way in the world that anybody could think that. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is met. The designer met. Let's for just this make big a rule. Ass. If it looks like a tampon string, get rid of it. Oh, that's disgusting. Don't but say it's that. true. No, Cut but now out. people will never forget. Okay, maybe so. But ladies and gents. Because, gentlemen, you guys do this all the time, too, with coat jackets, with oh. winter jackets. Oh, yes. And, and yes. And I was going to mention that mm-hmm. as well. The secondary thing about getting new uh, pieces of clothing is you also have to remove those labels. The designer labels. Designer labels that are kind of like st- corner stitch on the sleeve, oh, on the right. on the cuff yeah. of your jacket. It's so gauche. And I know why people keep it on. It's like they want people to know randomly no. that they have No, I don't think jacket. so. I don't why? think so. Because if, because if you are keeping it on because you think that you want to impress people that you have a Calvin Klein or a Marnie jacket or whatever – you look like a fool. You should not be owning it in the yeah, first place. I think that they think it's cool. I don't think so. I think it's people do not understand that those things need to be removed. <sighs> Folks, if you were to buy a shirt at the Gap and there's that big strip that says S or M for small, medium, large, you don't leave those on. You don't leave those little tags on either with pe- with the designer name. All right, all right. This has been informative. We okay. haven't even gotten to Scarlett O'Hara. Okay, so Scarlett O'Hara. Again, she's like this very rich girl, um, kind of clueless of what's outside her social circle of, mm-hmm. you know, cotillions and balls. Yeah, Civil and... War is very annoying to her. Exactly. I think that there was something in the movie about her not being able to get clothing from France because of the Civil War. Oh, can you imagine? Okay. So, in any case, my my one of my thoughts for the recasting of this role would be Sarah Hyland from Modern Family. Whoa. Yes, but we can't use her because we've cast her before on the show. What? Yeah. Well, I wasn't part of that podcast, so... Um, you are now. You must have backups. You have like eight I, I do. Now I'm trying notes. to remember. Well, I did have notes. I do agree with you, though. She would be she really would, good at that. Right? You wrote notes. Uh, well, I had to. because. But here, let me think. I had... Yep, that's right. What you're hearing is a legal pad filled with pages but, of notes. But I haven't touched it at all that's until now. I'm proud of you. Okay, so the second choice I had, mm-hmm. and you have to kind of... I younger. love Sarah Hyland for that, but we can't. Okay, a younger, so maybe this one you've already used too. Maybe this actress you've already used too. Younger, not current age. Again, a young Chris Noth, a younger version of Emily Blunt. Oh, I don't think we have cast Emily Blunt. You have it? She would actually be really good. I agree with you. Because she has that snootiness. Snootiness from Devil's Wear Prada. Devil's Devil's Wear Prada. Yeah. Yeah, I think that she would be good, and she can also be kind of cute... I don't know. I just got That's a great one because I can imagine someone, yes, falling in love with her just based on, like, I saw you at a cotillion. Mm -hmm. But then finding out that she's kind of like wicked. There's something about her that is not pleasant. Yes, but she's very determined at the same Mm -hmm. time. I love that. You've got to remember that Scarlett has tenacity. She truly does have tenacity. Yep. So there you go. I'm Chris Emily Blunt. Oh, yeah, Emily Blunt. Young Chris Noth. Okay, great. And okay. if I remember correctly from the original Gone with the Wind, there's an age difference between them. There is. I mean, she. I think she's like 16. Gross. I mean, okay. truly. I, Let's know. talk about Ashley and Melanie. Okay, Ashley was a really tough one for me because, again, I wrote down notes of he's kind of a hapless... He's charming, though, right? I don't know if he's charming. I think that he's, you know, he's a rich boy. He doesn't have a spine. I mean, that's what comes to mind because he couldn't... He couldn't tell Scarlett to just leave him alone. Right. But he's actually very, very loving of Melanie, his wife. No, I think his that his sister. No, his cousin, who he married. Melanie. Oh, right. I knew there was some blood relation there. So he's hapless, but he can be lovable, but sometimes annoying. Uh, and so okay. the person I came up with was Owen Wilson. 
Oh, that's a good one. I think so. He is annoying but lovable. Yeah, he can be. But Mostly can... lovable, but I agree with you. He could play a spineless sort of rich boy. I think so. If somebody I think took so. a comb to that hair and nose, really. It's but great. you know. No, I love that. Okay, that's all I have. I think that's great. Mom, you're about... killing it. Am I? I don't know. Okay. Oh, my God. So moving forward, Melanie, his ever-loving, optimistic, think good of everybody. You, oh, you're going to cast yourself, I see. Uh, me, me, me again. <laughs> except, no. I, except I do see a blonde in this because but already I have... But that's the only thing from keeping you... That's right. That's right. Since we already have Emily Blunt and Chris Noth being darker hair, mm-hmm. I kind of want an Owen Wilson's a blonde. I kind of want to keep... A blonde. Yeah, a yeah. Blonde. Who are you thinking? I'm dying to know. Do you want to guess? Um, No. So I have two choices. One is a really young actress, and then one is older. But I think both of them kind of, for me, visually, I think would be visually and also just the role she's played in the past. Elle Fanning. Nah, we already used her. Okay. Also, so my, that's she's so young. She is young, Wilson. but I think that, well, like I just, wasn't Elle Fanning in 20th Century Woman? Yes, but she's like... She's still going to Okay. Okay, so my other choice is Rosamund Pike. Oh my god, of Gone Girl? Yes. Yes. Gone. Yes. But Mom, think of her, but think you of her, nailed this cast. But think of her as more uh from Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Rosamund I was Pike. very on board with Yeah, mm, Gone Girl, she's too mean and wicked. But you know, she just has that willowy kind of Yeah, very soft, very soft glow. There you go. Mom. There you go. Great job. Let's review. Well, wait a minute. So can we do Belle? I'm really excited okay. about Belle. Okay. Because Belle, again, you you know, she's she's a she's a madam. She's a prostitute. A madam. That, I've never heard that word in that context. Okay. Well, whatever. It's mm-hmm. a cow, so I thought it was appropriate. Okay. I can't. Yeah, whatever. So in any case, for Belle, I'm just going to cut right to the chase and say my choice was, is Scarlett Johansson. Oh, as a prostitute. Right, because she's vulnerable, but yet there's an edge to her. When she needs to stand up to Scarlett O'Hara, she does. But she she is vulnerable. And she'll think never be better than Scarlett O'Hara. Exactly. She'll never, never supersede her. Exactly. And she knows that, like mm-hmm. hierarchy and stature. You know, I think of, I think of um, what is that? He's not, he's not Just into you. Just you. He's Great not into film. you. Her character in there... Makes me think that she would like. Could she's in that? Yeah, she's the one that Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper's oh my mistress. God, wow, I totally forgot about that. Then well, there you go. Yeah, I like that. Okay, now for the real Gone with the Wind lover, which is just you. No, when you I don't listen know. to this a week from now, you don't think Elizabeth likes this movie? Um, Rachel, come on. I would be disappointed in them both. Oh, don't say that. Then you're disappointed in me for liking this movie? No, I can't be disappointed in you. You're my mom. But you are kind of like, how can you like this movie? Yeah, I am like the 16-year-old version of me is really coming out. is just rolling my eyes at you like, oh, okay, mom, first of all, embarrassing. First of all, I think it's an amazing cinematography uh, feat that back in the days. Sure. No, okay, look, look. Here's what I'll say about Gone with the Wind. I don't think that the movie is the problem. I think... Now they know it's a book. Just like, what a... Ugh. Terrible screenplay? No, not even screenplay. Just like the story. By the way, it did win an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay. So, uh... Was this the first year of the Oscars? Did they just not okay. know how to give out Oscars yet? I'm going to move on here before <laughs> she goes off on a tangent and I hate this movie all over again. There are two roles, again, that stands out in my mind, and I'm just going to throw it out there because I think it's, a, it's important. Mammy, who is... Mammy is the servant for the O'Hara family, and it's it's worthy of mentioning that the, the actress who played Mammy was the first African-American actress to win an Oscar. Oh, cool. Who? Oh, my God. What is her name? I don't even know if I wrote it down. Wait a minute. I thought Halle Berry was. No, no, no. No, no, she won. <laughs> oh, Charlotte. Okay, so Mammy did win. I can't remember the actress' name. I'm so sorry, but we'll so I think next week. So right. I think so. I think that it's it's worth recasting that role. Okay, who would you pick? <laughs> I know you do do this a lot. What do you call it? Gender bending or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so I want either Nathan Lane to play that role. Hold up. Don't we have to cast a black person? Why? 
Because it's the, the South War? and the Civil War, and what? she's a servant. Well, I know, I know, but see, I don't see color. <laughs> oh I'm my like, God! Okay. And see, for me, I just oh. think of more of the character. I understand the okay. story is based on the fact that it's a Civil War and they're fighting. Blah blah blah. I understand all that quotes, <laughs> but I'm thinking of like more of the character of who right. can play it. And I, yeah, you know, what? I'm not suggesting Nathan Lane. We can't use. We've already cast him. Oh, for peace sake. Okay, then can we use? <laughs> I can't. And I know he's not gay in real life, but how about Cam from Modern Family? We've already cast him as well. Shoot, then I have nobody. What do you think? And if you really want, you see, I don't want to. I don't. I don't necessarily want to cast a black person. Why? Okay, if I do, then I guess the first person who will come to my mind is Queen Latifah. Oh my god, Queen Latifah is the best. I she's love sassy enough to pull off that role. Wait, but is this, I can't remember this character at all, is she sweet or is she sassy? Or is she she's broke? sassy. She's, she speaks her mind. She's, you know, just Old a big... Okay. Because I was going to say Janelle Monet, who I love. Oh, but we've cast her a million times too. You could do that, but I think that it needs to be somebody... Queen Latifah is inspired. I yeah, somebody that. very sassy. Somebody who but warm. Is. Doesn't she like raise the baby pretty much herself? Well, she's she yeah, she raises Scarlett and her sister. I mean back in the days. They're like nannies. Yeah, mm-hmm. Queen Latifah's great. Okay, and then another cast member, very second tier, is Prissy. For those of you who watched the movie what and know it very well. Name. She is the young servant girl who when they when it was time to deliver Melanie's baby, Prissy was like I know all about birthing babies, blah, blah, blah. And she's oh, like I remember kind of, her. Yeah, she's like this kind of like this young airhead, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. servant. And of young, course, she not knows like nothing. a girl, just like 16, 17. No, super young. I think oh. that she's probably like 12 or 13, but she oh. thinks she knows she's worldly. Um, again, I didn't choose an African American, but I think of her this way is Lacey Chabert is her name she was a mean girl <laughs> Gretchen Wieners whatever her name is but you know she's the one that's yeah no I know she, I think she's from uh what was that one tv show with a bunch of kids in it and I think that well she's the Jennifer... voice of Eliza Thornberry in the wild thornberries that oh, means show. nothing to you but all of my uh peers are freaking out you know but Le- Lacey Chabert Lacey Chabert you that's, know that's, kind that's of like, a good choice I don't know she just seems like such a bubblehead to me oh yeah especially in Mean Girls she does so there you go there's my guess mom let's review okay Rhett Butler we have a young Chris Noth a la Law and Order uh-huh. Scarlett O'Hara who did I choose Emily Blunt Emily Blunt only because you won't let me cast Sarah Hyland sorry rules Ashley Wilkes <clears throat> Owen Wilson Melanie we're going with Rosamund Pike great a la Pride and Prejudice not mm-hmm. Gone Girl Belle is Scarlett Johansson Mammy we are gonna give that to Queen Latifah and Excellent. Chrissy we're gonna shake things up with a white girl yep and pick Lacey, Lacey Chabert Mom go. Great job. How do you... Okay, well, that's... And that's all it is. Oh, you guys can't see her, but she's doing... Can you toot your own horn? Boop, boop, boop. I don't know. That I, was more of a clarinet, but I'll, I'll let it all out. I don't know how to do a horn. Yes, I don't you toot do. my own horn. We do all the... Oh, please. No, I think that... Okay, what it is is that my family members toot your their horn horns for, for me. No, not our... Your horn for you. Well, I suppose, but it's your hands that you're miming. My mom has her own band, is what she's saying. It follows her around. <laughs> there you go. All right. How do you feel? How was that? Fun? Good. I thought it was an inspired choice, given who was going to be your co-host. Thank you. Oh, you mean my choice was inspired. Yes. Inspired choice of yes. movie. I'm very thoughtful. That's good. That's something I, I was kind of worried. myself For on. those of you who have not heard this privately, because I don't think I've ever heard it on the podcast, but one of my favorite movies... Dan in Real Life. It's Dan in Real Life. But you can't recast it. No, you cannot recast no. Dan in Real Life. It's very and I hope that, Steve Carell-centric for you. Yes, you cannot recast Dan in Real Life. Promise me, you will never recast Dan in Real Life, because it's perfect the way I it is. will never do it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So there. So I was, yeah, I was kind of worried that you would do that to me. I'm like, no, I have nothing. <laughs> that would have been a very short, boring yes, podcast. Yes, we're just going to have to stick with yeah, I love, well, yeah, Gone with the Wind is fun because then you got to tell me about your favorite movie. And I know, well, I know you really well. When you get excited about something, you talk at great length about it, which I love to witness. Folks, if you have not folks, seen... Folks, who are these <laughs> folks? you have not seen Gone with the Wind, please <laughs> sit down and just watch it. For all of you listening at home, folks. <laughs> you have a real career here, Mom, I think. <laughs> I just like the movie, and it's one of those, yes, I, I will give you that it's, well, you know what, here's the thing, 
Gone with the Wind, if you think about Scarlett O'Hara, she's quite the feminist. I mean, Excuse me? She's Back that up. up for herself. Do you know what feminism is? Clearly, she's a rich Southern girl. But back in the day, she really stood up for herself. She, you know, she did not give a hoot about a hoot about societal. She wasn't worried. She got she got married three times. Slut. No, that's kind of funny. You say that, but she never even slept with her first husband because he went off to war immediately. So, whew, dodge that bullet. And then the second, I think that she did have. In the book, again, I think she did have a child with the second husband, uh-huh. the mill owner. John Wilkes Booth. No, Frank. Oh. Abigail. Frank <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs> you're just not listening and you're not No, no, I just, Scarlett, I see now what you're saying about her being a, quote, feminist. I think she was a feminist. I think not she was Not the truth of what we say today, but I think that she was a very strong will. She was very independent. She was, she... Which is weird because it manifests itself in dependency, but that was, you're right, that is the way that you had power. And when she came back and the patriarch of the family, her father, was losing his his mind, (laughs) she really did step up. I mean, unlike her sisters who were like, oh, what are we going to do now? Kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. she just said, I'm just going to control the situation. I am going to fight off the carpetbaggers. I'm going to fight off people. She wasn't afraid of protecting herself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, back in the days, I think that she would be considered a feminist. Mm -hmm. She held her head high and she did what she needed to do Mm -hmm. to, to get ahead. Hillary Clinton. One can mount an argument. I won't, but I just, I just think that it's, it's so actually just that, like her, the feminism of her is complicated. But she did just kind of buckle down and do what she needed. Sure, to do. and you she know what? also, I would argue, married for power. See, so I, <laughs> I gotta cut it. you off. Okay, I... no, not because just because like this has gone on for some time. You have yeah. a lot to say. You should edit this back to like thirty minutes, and it'd be perfect. Yeah. You know what's funny is I I do know how to do that part of my own podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Not just for this, but for so many so other much. Thank you. Well, okay. Thank you for being on the show, Mom. This has been You're a joy, a real joy. So fun. Let's I can't wait to have you back again. on. Yeah, let's do it again sometime. Let's do it again when you're in New York. You know, it'd be fun as if you came on the show when Rachel's here too. And no, it's okay. What? Oh I don't my God! Need the third wheel. You guys can do your own thing. No, no, Mom. If you are the third wheel, it's like you're the third wheel on a big wheel trike, or you're the big wheel, and we're just the two little wheels, kind of. No, you know what? You guys do a really nice job. Thank you. You guys balance each other very well. Uh Don't too much swear, but whatever. What the hell? No, you should just not swear. Well, last week we did swear. Well, whatever. My point being is that when you guys are on air, there's no need for me to interject, but I will gladly sit back and listen. And eat popcorn. Mora. I had to stop my mom from eating popcorn today because I Not know just you. popcorn, Mora. Cheesy and caramel popcorn. Which is delicious, but as I know you can't stand, it's very noisy. But that's okay. I'm glad I wasn't eating because clearly I had a lot to say. You truly did. All right. I think that's it. That's it. All right. You're going to sing with me? Come on. Uh, what do you think? Oh, God. You sing, you sing the bass one. I'll harmonize with you. This is bad. We'll do it again. Sure. Goodbye. We nailed it! Awesome. Mom, you're on.